There has never been, nor will there ever be, a better theme for a reality competition show season than Rivals. Not just on The Challenge, but on Survivor, Big Brother, anywhere else. No one has ever done it better. It was the perfect idea. It brought together every great element of The Challenge and really of reality competition television in general. Put them all together, one big blender, whipped up iconic season after iconic season after iconic Iconic season after iconic season after iconic season because yes, vendettas and final reckoning were actually really just rivals four in five in disguise. So yes, this theme worked five out of five times to produce absolute greatness in my estimation, at least. I do not believe this fact is up for debate, nor am I here today to flush out the best or worst themes in challenge history, anything of that sort, though that would be a fun podcast to do one day, and maybe I very well will, probably will at some point. The purpose of today's podcast is instead to discuss the one single thing that maybe, maybe we will decide and find out could have been improved upon with rivals, which is simply that they could have done it sooner. They could have done it sooner. They could have let the OGs in on this. The OGs had plenty of animosity, right? All kinds of animosity to go around. Plenty of feuds flaring up. Plenty of rivalries that developed and could have been, and dare I say should have been, put on full display in the most twisted and fun way possible by sticking those two bitter enemies together on a team and giving them the option to keep on hating each other's guts or find a way to work together with their bitter enemy to win a life-changing sum of money. That in reality was like 50 grand, which is still very nice, enjoyable, but not so much life-changing money. That's just kind of how the show went in those days. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, that's what we are here today to do, to discuss the challenge. Rivals OG Edition, fantasy cast, and fantasy results. Here we go. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in The Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today to discuss, as said in the cold open prior to now, Rivals OG Edition. We're doing the second of a three-part series series here of OG editions of themes that we've loved and could have been used, possibly should have been used earlier on in the run of the show to give our OGs that we love a chance to use some of these amazing themes that were used after their day on the challenge. So that is what we're here to do. Before we dive in, a couple quick programming notes that might not be so quick this time around because the top of the programming notes list is to say that... I said a while back now, a month or two ago even, that I wasn't going to really be taking any time off, that we were going to come to you every single week. I did the first of this series of three podcasts, I think almost a full month ago at this point, and then life happened and work happened, and it just didn't really work out. That's my bad. I am incredibly sorry. I am incredibly disappointed that that ended up occurring, and I am here to hopefully right the record and right the ship 
for the final time. So I appreciate each and every one of you for coming back, picking things up right where you left off with me with this series. Now on the verge of new seasons of the challenge coming out here very, very soon. We're kicking things back off. We're relaunching, so to speak. And this time we ain't going to stop. Hopefully basically forever at this point in time. So you're getting this episode today. And you're getting some other good stuff coming up as well. Here is the plan today. Rivals OG edition, second in our three-part series of what if the OGs did blank theme. We did X's a while back. We're doing Rivals today. We'll be doing Ride or Dies this time next week. So look for that next Tuesday. And then this Thursday, two days from now, we've got our Challenge USA 2 season preview podcast coming at you, diving into everything we know, what we're hoping for, what we think might happen, just all of our pre season thoughts for the challenge usa 2 which then a week later debuts on cbs and we will be covering all season long here on the challenge historian on fridays and mondays because if you don't know let me let me fill you in real quick for once i've actually paid attention to the info that has been put out on when those shows are going to air and I believe I have this correctly. Maybe it's changed since I had originally heard this, wrote it down, took note of it. But the first three weeks of Challenge USA, it will debut on a Thursday, a week from this Thursday, a week after our season preview podcast. It debuts on a Thursday, but then episode two will be that Sunday. And for the first three weeks of that season, they're doing episodes on Thursday and Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. And then starting with episode seven and beyond, it will just be on Thursday nights. So for those first three weeks you will be getting podcast after each episode recapping everyone as we always do so those will come out on fridays and mondays respectively as quickly as early in the morning as we can you know recording super late that night thursday and sunday nights after we've been able to watch the show and find some time or a place as it turns out to be the first week of the show i will be traveling so i'm not sure exactly where i will be recording from or when it might not be the first first thing after the episode concludes but hopefully should be up by that Friday and uh, Monday, excuse, yeah, Friday and Monday that it is. So make sure you're aware of that. Make sure you don't miss an episode of USA 2 because you're not aware that they're doing two a week for the first three weeks. Beyond that, I am finally, actually, for the 17th time, probably going to say, but the first time actually going to do, start making some short form content that will be going up on Instagram page as well as YouTube and probably even, God forbid, TikTok. So, Feel free to follow along any and all of those places if you want to watch some of that at Challenge Historian. Basically, anywhere you search for that, you will find me, even if the handle's like one letter different here or there. But it's really not. Challenge Historian, anywhere you look, if I'm there, you will find me under that handle. So that's what we've got for the foreseeable future. We're going to finish out this series today and next Tuesday with OG Rivals and OG Ride or Dies. We're going to get into Challenge USA 2 with the preview, season preview this Thursday, the actual episode. Episode one premiere recap next Thursday. I may be popping up on a few other folks podcast here in the next couple of weeks as well. If I do do that, I will let you know. I'll post about it on Instagram. We'll make sure you know where that's going to be. So a lot coming. I thank you for sticking with me through this little bit of a gap that was unexpected, but necessary. And now we're coming back. We're hitting the gas full throttle and we're bringing you all of that challenge content and coverage that you love and deserve and desire and we're here. So with that, let's dive in. Let's get to the meat of this episode. Rivals OG edition. Here we go. 
There's only one place I can start with this podcast, this concept, this idea, which is to shout out my guy Scott at Average and Savage on Instagram if you want to go tell him he's super smart and cool for coming up with this super smart and cool idea. It was his message and subsequent full-blown rivals cast and thoughts on how the season would go that sent me down my own rabbit hole on this same project that has now resulted in this very podcast and the X's one we already did and the Rider Dies one we're going to do. So not only is it a shout-out to Scott for the idea itself, but also for the execution because I will be overlapping quite a bit with a lot of the teams that he sent me in his version of this, his ideas, because, well, because he got it right um, in the majority of the teams. Uh, you know, I didn't want to just be like, I'm not going to have Veronica and Katie on the list because I want mine to be a little different than Scott's was that he sent me. Not going to do that. He got a lot of it right. A lot of that will be incorporated into my list here as well. So, Scott, you're the man. Hope my version does your idea, your concept proud. Now, to Rivals itself. I will keep this short, the little intro at the top, put my belief forward, and I'll back it up just a touch here. Rivals is the best challenge theme. I would maybe one day do a full podcast about this, discuss this with some others in the fan community and the challenge podcast community, maybe some cast members themselves. But I think far and away, Rivals is the best theme that the show has ever come up with that really any reality show has ever come up with or could possibly come up with. It's just the best, most interesting thing you could possibly do with any one of these shows. And it's really only the challenge because of the reoccurring nature of the cast that could pull something like this off, that could develop the relationships and the shared histories, and then be able to put together a cast, you know, of 24 to 30 people in pairs that all hate each other's guts for some reason or another. I think X's is right there with rivals. It's why we talked about it on the previous podcast. You know, it's right there. It's like the one B best. They go hand in hand with each other. They're very similar with each other. And if you told me you think X's has more potential even than rivals, I wouldn't, you know, shout you down for that. I wouldn't totally, totally disagree with you, but I do think because it's open to more than just simply relationships. It's one of those things where like all the exes teams could in fact be rivals teams. If they did a, you know, mixed gender team season, as we would see later on with vendettas and final reckoning, which I stand by or more or less, you know, they're a fusion of rivals and exes. They could have been easily called rivals four and five. I always, I, you know, I laughed the day they announced vendettas and it was like, okay, so we're doing rivals for it. You just came up with some other fancy fun word. And now you're going to make the cast say the word vendetta like a thousand times during this season. Okay. 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 Fun. I get it. Whatever. It's rivals for final reckoning rivals five, really a fusion of the two because X's could be rivals, but not all rivals were X's. And so that's why I kind of put rivals just a little bit above uh, X's, but they're both the best the show has to offer. And I think the history was there plenty earlier than when we eventually actually did rivals rivals one was season 21 of the show but in my mind and what was in scott's mind that caused him to have the idea and send it my way in the first place is that they easily could have put together a pretty compelling list of rivals much earlier on and let some of the ogs battle it out alongside their worst enemies so i wanted to put that to the test i wanted to know could they have actually filled out a full cast would it have been as entertaining as exciting should they in fact have done it earlier so that's what we're here to to do and so you know they didn't we will at least in our fantasies so here's the deal the what if remains the same as when we did x's og edition instead of season 21 being rivals one 
What if they did Rivals as season 14? That's where we're placing this idea in the timeline, meaning immediately after the duel, which means the cast up to and including real-world Key West and real-world Denver, even if we want to include some would-be rookies, is eligible here. And then also everyone from basically all of Road Rules history, the only Road Rules that had not happened at this point was Viewer's Revenge, which there will we will touch on briefly at the end of this, um, potentially with one team. But... Save for you know a couple people that came from that, a couple things that came from that. Basically, all all road rules is on the table. Real world up to Denver, Denver is on the table, and the challenge up to the duel is on the table. Anyone coming from that? I've come up with the full cast list of eight male male teams, eight female female teams. Um, you know, this edition being in that fashion of the eventual rivals one and two of being same gender teams. I'm not going to get into the full format, anything like that. We will talk about what I think would happen, but just not total format wise. If you have to go there, rivals one format, the exact same rivals one and two basically were the exact same format. Let's do that again as well. I really like, you know, rivals two. the women vote on the men, the men vote on the women. That would make it very interesting. Certainly. So if we're doing format there, I guess I just did it. Rivals two format. It is. I'm going to run through who those teams would have been. I'm going to give a few comments on each of those teams as we go. And then afterwards, I'm going to run through what I think would have transpired and a bit about how rivals at this time would have potentially changed the course of different cast members time on the show. And if it actually deserved to, with hindsight, should we say, or could we say that they should have, or could have done this theme earlier would it have worked would it have been as amazing as it eventually was with rivals one two three vendettas final reckoning and on and on and on so without further ado let's hear who gets the casting call for the challenge rivals og edition all righty first team up first call i've got to make it's nearing the end of 2006 the duel is airing ratings are going bonkers it's the greatest love story in reality tv history is playing out in front of our eyes the greatest season of the challenge ever to that point and little would we know potentially ever ever was happening everyone was raving the show was at an all-time high and i know i have to follow this season up with something epic so one person in the room mentions that pears worked really well in fresh meat. They ought to try that again. Another person's like, what if, just hear me out here, what if we made Veronica and Katie partners? Wouldn't that be something? Everyone laughs, and then everyone stops and thinks, yeah, that would be something. That would be amazing, and Rivals would be born. I'm sure that's exactly what happened, you know. Five years later, whenever they actually did rival some version of that with some other people in the Veronica and Katie uh, place. But I bet that's how it happened. And in my mind, that's how it would happen. So obviously, those two women are where we start. And also, obviously, we're not telling a goddamn soul about the plans for this season. Least of all the people we're calling to cast on it. None of them are going to know what they're getting in for. None of them are going to know the theme. If they ask, if we have to say anything, it's just another ho-hum challenge season. You'll be on a big old team, bunch of people you like, a couple people you don't like, but you can just pick on them and send them home. And it'll be really easy. You go to the final, you'll win a little money. It'll be a great time as always. They'll have no idea. They'll get there and be rudely awakened to find that they are partnered with the person they hate the most. So the team's ladies first, starting with Veronica and Katie, as we said, they got to be the first team we pick. If you're telling me OG rivals, 
there's a few a few names, and we're going to get to all of them that come to mind, but this one definitely is one of those first ones I think of, not only because, you know, we've got Veronica, as I've said over and over and over again, and we'll always stand by the original face of the franchise, the original star of the challenge. She, of course, would be invited to this season, and she, of course, has an obvious partner in foil in Katie. Now, the tough thing here is that both women could have a couple different partners. It's especially tempting to put Veronica and Julie together, given the harness fiasco on Inferno. But Katie and Veronica just simply, they had too many confrontations at this point. Mostly, you know, starting with the gauntlet, Katie slowly but surely hating her team, directed a lot of that anger towards Veronica. Then we get, you know, eventually builds up to the epic meltdown, screaming match near the end of Inferno. Katie has survived pretty much hating her team for the second season in a row. These two ladies did not get along. They had very different friend groups within the house. They're both absolute stars of the show. Putting them together would have been just absolute gold. And they are one of, if not my very first call to make and make sure like if they say no, maybe we don't do this season quite yet. But once they say yes, they're like, they're both willing to come. We're like, okay, it's on rivals is happening. This is a great idea. This is going to work just purely off the fact that we're going to have these two there together as teammates. Let's continue. So let's also continue with our list. Second up, Julie wouldn't be with Veronica because she's going to be with Coral. Since we referenced her, we might as well still give her the call, partner her up with Coral, see if we can't recreate the magic of the greatest line ever said, maybe in all of TV history, not reality TV history, all of TV history, maybe just recorded human history. I don't know. I don't wrestle. I beat bitches up. The famous line, the most famous quote in challenge history, courtesy of Coral, directed at Julie, who wanted to wrestle her on the lawn. Coral wasn't having it. Now, the thing I always, always like to point out about this is that we learned on the reunion that the fight between the two got so much funnier when in the shit they should have shown, they give us the scenes where we find out that Julie, after this all went down, peed on Coral's bed that night. And Coral's response was simply to be so dumbfounded by it all that she didn't even get mad. She didn't even do anything about it. She could just only laugh and ask CT and Dave and others to act out exactly how Julie did it. Like the stance she used, how much pee, what time was this at, like what, give me all the details possible. One of my favorite scenes in challenge history, and it happened in a reunion, um, shit they should have shown. It always worked, um, and I bet there is a lot of shit they should have shown in recent seasons. Maybe they could do a big YouTube dump one day of a bunch of shit you should have shown, compilations from seasons that they never gave us. I digress. Julie and Coral. I'd be on pins and needles all season long waiting for the wrestling-based daily challenge where Julie, you know, they would get there. They would find out, ooh, we're going to have to wrestle today. Julie turns to Coral, says, you want to beep some bitches up? And it's just on. Oh, it would, it would be the best. It would be the best. You know Julie would get to at some point be able to say, or I would hope that she would turn to Coral and say, you want to beat some bitches up. I mean, it would just be amazing, you know, and during their bonding, attempts at bonding, what have you. So Coral and Julie are there. Tina and Beth are also there because where we have slotted this immediately after the duel, they would have just come off of the punch. And so these two have to end up there. You know, it's immediately after Tina's punched Beth, then told TJ it was well worth it. So, you know, for that obvious reason, they got to be together. And I know there's some other obvious picks for Beth's partner, but those people are also still going to be making an appearance. So we've got to get the two, you know, the recipient and the giver of the punch from the season prior, because interestingly enough, a lot of the punches in challenge history came 
after this moment, so we don't have as many like you punched me, you physically actually hit me rivalries to go with. So Tina and Beth, they're both stars of the show at this point. So they definitely got to be there. And again, because some of Beth's other potential partners or Tina's other potential partners, as it turns out, would be there. Our next team would be Robin and Tanya. We remember Beth's clothes ending up in the pool at the hands of Tanya. But ultimately, that whole ordeal was about the fact that Tanya maybe or maybe not, but maybe hooked up with Mark between seasons after Mark and Robin had hit it off on Battle of the Sexes 2. And so even though they kind of turned their focus to we both don't like Beth for spreading rumors, quote unquote, or instigating or whatever, it doesn't remove the fact that these two didn't like each other had a massive blow up, even if they turned that negative attention away from each other and towards Beth. Uh, but they still had that, that still existed. And plus they're both, they're kind of like newer of the stars of the show at this time and are really kind of in the prime of their runs on the show. So, you know, we've got to get them there. It's a great setup. And, you know, with these last two teams, we've talked about the unbelievably great thing is you could just totally swap these four women around mostly in any combination, but like Tina and Tanya could definitely be together. They had their issues and back and forth. Beth and Robin could definitely be together again from the same instance. It all, it all works. So those four women are there and maybe we just let them pick who of the four, how they want to match up two and two of the four. Our next team. One of the teams I'd be most excited to see, a little bit slightly of a deeper cut, but one that I think works so wonderfully and would really, it, would, it just it just works within this theme so, idea, so ideally, and that is Rachel Robinson and Emily Bailey. Now, if you're not remembering or can't come up with it right away, let me take you back. While she didn't get the heat in the moment, Emily Bailey was the reason why Rachel got sent home on Battle of the Sexes and gave her one of her most famous lines, the quote, this game is ugly, the inner circle is ugly, and I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Peace out, end quote. That line was very famous. The anger at the time was directed mostly towards Ellen, wrongly in the moment, because Emily Bailey had spearheaded the whole thing. And in the moment, when Rachel was saying that iconic line and, you know, leaving in a big old storm, Emily Bailey was just over sitting in the yard, smoking a little cigarette, casually enjoying having sent home the girl who she said, quote, represented the girls who made high school horrible for me, end quote. So, there was real deep-seated beef there of like Emily had this, you know, these issues of the past with a certain type of person in her high school. And to her, Rachel represented that. And she took out that anger by getting Rachel out of there. I'm guessing that, you know, when Rachel watches the season back, all that anger she had turns towards when she finds out who the actual person spearheading this was, turns towards her. And so Given how much, you know, Emily disliked Rachel for what she reminded her of, how much Rachel probably ends up disliking Emily once she realizes she's the real reason she got voted out there, this pairing just works really, really, really well. Plus, it gives us Rachel, which is great, and we kind of need on the season, and it gives us Emily Bailey, who was great, fantastic on each season she was ever on, so getting her on another one would be wonderful. Next up, we've got Ayana and Anissa. There was some bitterness there when Anissa was the one to deliver the news to Ayana that she was going home on Battle of the Sexes 2, which led to the quote, you know, the I slept in my uniform speech. There seemed to maybe be some issues between the two all season leading up to that. It was one of those things where it was like there's respect and love and like we feel like we should be really connecting, but like it's not working. So like there is that respect, but like why is this 
Why is there also friction? And then that moment obviously happens. Yes, this is maybe one of the weaker picks as far as like how big and bitter the rivalry would be. But one, I want to make... Uh, I want to. I want this to be there because Ayana should be on this season. Um, in her original boot, the original cast member to ever be kicked off a season on Challenge 2000, Ayana was over an altercation with Christian and kind of more with the guys, and you know, so none of them could really be her partner. And Anissa could be with Kara from the infamous "I'll cut you with words" quote, but I've got a different partner for her coming up in. 12 seconds. So Ayana and Anissa are together. There's enough there. I want both of them on the season. They would be really good on this. Speaking of Kara, she would be here. She would be with Kina. These two did not get along on Gauntlet 2, nor any of them. They were on the seasons twice together. Neither time did they get along. I kind of feel like, well, I don't, I'll get to that in a second. Kina was a big part of Kara. Kara. I, I always want to say Kara. I always want to say Kara because of Kara Maria. Obviously, you know, ends up in your head. You say it over and over enough. It's spelled the same way. Kara goes home at the losing to Kina on the gauntlet. And in general, they didn't like each other. And Kina kind of came in and stole Kara's thunder a bit. And Market corrected her a little bit by being kind of similar, playing a similar role within the group, but also having the athleticism as kind of like the one next step above. And so I feel like there was, there was real animosity. We saw it. One of them beat the other one in an elimination, and they kind of were competing for a similar role, a similar spot on the teams when they were together. So those two work wonderfully. Next up, the final, then eighth and final team on the female side would be Trishel and Kendall. They had drama all over the Inferno after Mike dated Trishel back on Gauntlet. Then he starts liking Kendall on the Inferno. Trishel goes home. But then when she goes home to L.A., it's a tight-knit circle back then of all the reality folks, as it still is today. But that was also when they still had cell phones in the challenge houses. So Mike finds out, hey, Ken or Trishel's back here in L.A. talking all this shit about you and Kendall and this, that, and the other. It becomes a big thing. Miz treats Kendall like shit for a moment or two or three or whatever after that on the season. So really, yes, this is two of Miz's exes getting put together because of their kind of mutual, the friction that existed by proxy of this guy. But Trishel was still out there talking shit about these two being together. So there is something here to go off of and it would still be great. And it would be wonderful because Kendall and Trishel were wonderful and would be really good for the show. So that's my eighth and final team. The alternate ideas here for the women's side. Some of who we've already said, we said Tina and Tanya could be together. Beth and Robin could be together. Anissa and Kara could be together, but also then, if you really wanted to try to squeak in like some real, real OGs, you could maybe put Montana with Beth. If you wanted to go back to some stuff on season two, they didn't totally get along as teammates super well during that season. It's a bit of a stretch, but I was trying to get an OG idea in there. Trishel and Coral or Irulan, either one, Coral and Irulan were the main ones like, Miz, what are you doing? Why can't we vote out Trishel? Why can't we send Trishel to the gauntlet on the gauntlet? Uh, so there was a lot of friction there. That could play in. Or you could bring Joe Rhodes in and put her on anyone from the gauntlet, too, that just reminds her of Trinidad and Tobago. And there you go. There you've got a rivalry team. I don't know if you could have a stand-in, like a representative from Trinidad, be Joe's partner, something like that. But those are the other alternative ideas. But the eight teams that I think would work the best would be Veronica and Katie, Coral and Julie, Tina and Beth, Robin and Tanya, Rachel Robinson and Emily Bailey, Ayana and Anissa, 
Kina and Kara, Trishel and Kendall, and that is your eight female teams. On the men's side, we start with a little bit of a deeper cut. That would be James Orlando and Jamie Murray. Again, we're trying to get some of the, like the OG of the OGs, you know, the super OGs into the mix here. And I think James and Jamie would qualify. They did not have any verbal fights or anything like that, although they did have to physically wrestle each other in one elimination or not elimination, one challenge one time. But there was throughout that season, one of the storylines that I picked up on doing the rewatch of that season that was I was monitoring throughout and definitely came through throughout on James's side of things is there was a clear and obvious rivalry going on from James's point of view because Jamie was just great at everything. It was kind of the star of his team in the competitions, and you could see James wanting to match him, beat him, just never being able to do it and weighing on him in a real, real way. And just kind of always wanting, like, I want to be that guy. That guy's just dominating everything. I'm supposed to be that for our team. And it just wasn't really kind of happening for him. So I think you could you could find a way to say that that works and exists. And uh, I, I did. I decided that that's going to do that to fill out my teams here. So let's move to team number two. Alton and Theo Vaughn. These two kind of secretly behind the scenes didn't like each other much on Gauntlet. That came to fruition the near fight after Irulan lost the Gauntlet. Theo's celebrating. Alton is getting very upset. There's whole, true holding back, like actual holding back of like these two would have probably came to fisticuffs if not for people holding them back. So this definitely would have been, you know, there was real animosity there from that moment. And plus, Theo was the only person who could ever beat Alton at things. In fact, could beat Alton at climbing in particular. And so there was also a little bit of that all along too, of like the one person who could keep up with Alton on the real world side was on the road rules side, Theo. So you've got that mixed in there as well. There is maybe a better partner out there we'll talk about for Theo, but I think this pairing works really well. Next up, we've got CT and Dan Renzi. This team gets me so excited. This is, on the men's side, the single, if I had to pick one reason, one team why to do this, this would be it. No, there was no huge fight. Um, you know, there was no punches thrown yet from CT on the challenge. Those were coming very soon, though, but these two did not get along on Inferno 2 at all. CT did not treat Dan or anyone, if we're being honest, really, on that particular season very well. Just pure intimidation, tough guy tactics. And Dan was one of the few people who would actually say shit about it and talk back to him a little bit and not just kind of generally not take it, not be scared of the guy. And definitely as his partner would be one of the people that could actually stand up and be like, we're fucking partners, man. If you want to treat me like a partner, we can do this. And if you don't, we don't have to. I'll just peace out. But mainly we've got to have CT again, who is yet to throw a punch. And you could say Wes and CT already just from the duel could be rivals, but that's no fun to do that. And there's more to come later. And obviously they eventually are rivals, real rivals for a lot of reasons and then win a rival season. But I want CT there. CT West feels a little too fresh, a little too new. CT Dan works really well. I love Dan so much. And mostly, I want Dan Renzi's commentary on this season. I want his commentary on every season. But in particular, this one with all these fights going on, all this bitterness going around, I would just love his commentary on watching everyone have to interact with these people that they hate and what he would have to say about that. So this team just works really well. Next up, we would have Darrell and Wes. 
fresh meat. Uh, Darrell throws in Wes over and over and over again throughout that season. It's, you know, maybe not the strongest of rivalries, but Wes does reference it a lot on the ruins and a lot on fresh meat too. In that first episode, when he wants to get Darrell out and gloats about being able to get Darrell out right away. And has definitely had animosity about how many times Darrell threw Wes and his partner, Casey into the exile on fresh meat. And even later on, as they became friends, both kind of longtime challengers together, it was mentioned by Wes a time or two of like Darrell was not a person he liked or enjoyed or played the game with in any way in those early days. Plus, you really, you know, it's about this. This would really, this selection would be about get, let's get the defending champ and the four time defending champion together, a little bit of a super team. I've got to have someone else for CT, even though you could honestly have put CT and West together, you know, same as you could put Darrell with Brad from their behind the scenes argument on Inferno 2, not even the eventual fight that would come down the line. Which reminds me, let's talk a little more about Brad. The next team. Also, a little of a deeper cut, but one I would be really interested in and really intrigued in is, in a big way, me roping in another real OG of the show. Brad and Eric Nice would be together because back on Battle of Sexes 2, Brad felt pretty, pretty sour about the alliance that he would said was occurring all season long and no one wanted to listen to him. And then when it really came down to it in that final five, it became clear and became evident and then was actually talked about by the four of them. Eric, Mark, Theo, and Dan had an alliance the entire season long, the whole way through. And when it came down to five people left and Brad was like, Eric clearly should be the one to go home based on how we've supposedly been doing this the whole season long. It was not. It was young Brad, rookie Brad. You got to get out of here. He was upset about it all season long. And then the reason he was upset came to fruition when he was told it wouldn't. And Eric goes on, you know, to win the season along with Theo and Dan. Brad goes on to come really close to winning a few more times. And he's got to be sitting there at this point in time of like, damn, it, almost just won the duel. West just beat me a little bit. That bullshit soccer thing. I also should have won my rookie season. If it wasn't for Eric, like I should have had, I should have won. It shouldn't have been Eric. It should have been me. It gets us Brad, one of the new fresh stars of the show. It gets us a true OG and Eric. I'll take it. I love it. Brad and Eric would be a team next up. We've got three left here. The Miz and Abram would be next. Now, this is both not a stretch at all and a total stretch on my part. I know both of those things don't make sense, but they do to me. Not just because, like, it's mostly a stretch because this was a friendly rivalry. These two were friends. They both enjoyed competing against each other, the rivalry they had. But also because the Miz was well on his way to wrestling fame, likely isn't doing the show again at this stage. I don't think he's going to be able to say back, but if you know, the money's right, the timing's right. He would eventually host spinoffs and reunions still after this time. So I think we could get him there. Miz versus mini Miz was a reoccurring bit on gauntlet. It was literally labeled Miz versus mini Miz wrestling the first night in the house, eventual elimination versus each other. And then on Inferno one, Inferno two, Miz versus mini Miz. It was a thing. Again, it was friendly. We like competing each other kind of thing. Not really bad blood, but it was still like a competitive thing between them. And Abram had now dated and broken up with Coral Miz's BFF best challenge friend ever at this point. So, Maybe there's a little animosity there of Miz being like, hey, you like, you know, you dated my number one friend and broke up with her. And so, like, I'm not good with that. 
They're both hotheads. They're both overly competitive. One of them screws up in the first daily challenge. The other one yells at him. It's on. It becomes a real rivalry really quickly. Miz and Mini Miz, I got to get them together. We just mostly we need Miz. We need Abram. Yes, Abram could go with Darrell from the post-match blow-up where he you know, went against Brad and Balls in, and there was this alliance that had been broken that we didn't know about until after the fact between those three gentlemen. So you could get him there. Abram could also go against Brad. You know, same blow-up and reason. Miz, uh, in reality, could go with Theo Vaughn because, again, still a friendly rivalry, but, like, more of a legit rivalry facing each other in finals multiple times in a row. So there's a few options here. None of them are perfect for Miz. He's so perfect for X's. He's so perfect for Ryder Dies. I think we know who that's going to be, but he's got to be here, and I think him and Abram make the most sense. Our final two teams, then, are the newer, younger folks at this point. That would be Bananas and Tyler first. Up and down relationship on Key West, then the infamous and still random and mind boggling what the fuck call out on duel to start the season where Tyler's like, all right, bananas, they're gonna make us do it eventually. Why don't it's like, no, 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 you don't you you get the decision. You're calling bananas out. What's going on here? So Yes, we didn't have the bananas backpack moment to add to it at this point, but this could have been a rivalry right then and there. And as much as you know, they wanted to promote the Key West group at this point, they definitely would have got these two involved as the most obvious rivalry to bring in from the Key West cast. So they're there as our rookies, Tyree and Davis. We got to have a rookie team if we're being realistic about our casting. And I like to try to be realistic with my fantasy cast. Plus, turns out a lot of you know we'll get a little more into this later but the big can og guys are more cordial than their female counterparts to some degree so the teams were a little more sparse here and these two you know these two eventually are rival partners on the first season of rivals because of things that happened on real world denver which had filmed and come out and so they again are just the obvious selection to get a rookie team in the mix which we still would have had at least one rookie team here there's no real you know jen and, uh, you know, Jen doesn't really work with anyone from her real world cast as a rival. So these two are got to be there. So our eight male teams would be James and Jamie, Alton and Theo, CT and Dan Renzi, Darrell and Wes, Brad and Eric Neese, Miz and Abram, Miz and Mini Miz, Bananas and Tyler, Tyree and Davis. Those are your eight alternate ideas. We said Miz and Theo would make that would just make me really happy. Um, their, their little rivalry was just something I just loved and appreciated about the early days of the challenge and some of my absolute favorite seasons of the show ever. We could have Cyrus and TJ as a team from the gauntlet, uh, blow up gauntlet to blow up. That would be fun. Maybe TJ wants to step from host to participant at this point. Maybe they could convince him, him and Cyrus. That's a team. That'd be really fun. Maybe even Cyrus and Derek just from that elimination. Also, maybe that's a way to get Cyrus in there, but the guy, everyone loves Cyrus. So it was hard. You know, he was one that immediately like, I want to put him in any OG fantasy cast, but who do I put him with? It doesn't really work. Puck and David would be the super duper obvious pick, the spit in the face, the whole thing. But like it one, it wouldn't be fun. They would just, they would lose to any, any of these other teams like very quickly and easily. And also there's no way they're far removed. Thankfully at this point from the puck business, hopefully they would stay that way. So I didn't want to put them in, even though they were a very obvious rivalry that occurred Shane and Steven, uh, you know, Steven does get sent home on battle. Of the sexes too for slapping Steve, uh, slapping Shane in the face, but it was so innocent. It was so random and like just an in the moment kind of thing. And then both of them reacted afterwards of like, so 
sorry and remorseful and like they don't actually dislike each other or anything so there wasn't a rivalry there even though someone got sent home for slapping the other person ct and adam could have already happened like just from their real world time together things were not great between those two on then some of the things that came up later was you know referring back to times on the real world so they definitely could have been if you wanted to put ct with adam then and there also as referenced earlier road rules viewers revenge would have been filming around the time this time it would have been weird the timeline would have been a little odd a month here they're different but adam larson and abram get in a fight on viewers revenge and so pending when that was filmed and when this hypothetical season would have been being filmed you could have got those two as partners that would be an interesting match up and then derek and landon on gauntlet two uh you know the wrestling the shaving of the head um that th- th- there's something there there's a little bit there there's enough there certainly as much as a couple of the other teams i have put forward but i mainly didn't want to include them because the moment i was like oh, Derek and landon yeah there's something there but also the thing that is mostly there is that they would wipe the floor with all these teams they would just kick everyone's ass and it wouldn't be entertaining or fun no one would beat those two in elimination no one I mean, maybe if it was purely just a puzzle and you got, you know, some people who are good at puzzles against them, maybe, I guess. But like Derek and Landon as a team in an elimination, are you kidding me in a final? Are you kidding me at that time? No. So that didn't seem fair. I didn't want to include them. So those are your alternates. Those are your men's teams. Now, what would happen? Let's 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 not just think of the teams and kind of reminisce as we just did on some of the early rivalries the challenge had to offer and man were they great. But what what would happen? That's kind of the fun thought exercise of all this. Isn't just the teams themselves, but obviously we'll never know. We can never be for sure, but we can certainly have opinions and thoughts and ideas. So I'll share a few of them with you. Now, here's what I think would have transpired with these 16 teams in the house again format wise maybe we're doing a rivals two style format where the ladies vote on the men the men vote on the ladies uh and vice versa even though i already said both sides of that vice versa so here's what would go down veronica tina and rachel are there it's very important to lead with veronica tina and rachel are there together and obviously would be working together as they always are want to do their teammates katie beth and emily respectively would probably i think be thrilled to finally be a part of the Mean Girls instead of against the Mean Girls and would slowly but surely buy into the Alliance and put away their swords and get overworking with their mortal enemies because for once their mortal enemies aren't picking on them, they could get to pick on other people and they would have a lot of fun with that. So I think those three teams, Veronica, Katie, Tina, Beth, Rachel, Emily, are definitely running things early and often. The big question would be, Coral and Julie would they be a part of that coral and tina very cool at this point coral's game mind would say you know getting in this alliance would be really smart but would veronica outlaw any attempt at working with julie convince her crew hey we got to get coral and julie out first i know coral's great we love her but she's with julie julie tried to kill me i don't know if you remember but julie tried to kill me we're getting her crazy ass out of here i think that would have went down early Miz and Abram, I think they'll step in, try to align with the Mean Girls, but only 
if Coral and Julie are a part of it, which begrudgingly they would all agree to forming this big super alliance, Coral would have some epic like y'all don't go, you know, you know, y'all don't have to go get along with her or be freaking partnered with her like I do. You just have to not say her goddamn name. That's it. How hard is that? Like she would have some rants about like I'm the one partnered with Julie. You just have to not vote for her. Those would be wonderful and great. Next thing I think would happen after that's kind of the early setup, a big alliance in the house. I think Kina and Kara are in the first elimination on the women's side. Like point that, that just definitely mark that down. They're likely going home first. I think Robin and Tanya are beating them and then getting thrown in over and over again, likely taking out Anissa and Ayana, Trishel and Kendall, getting them into, you know, the final five on the women's side. That is Robin and Tanya with the mean girls plus Coral on the men's side. I think, 100% for sure, the thing I would be most confident if this was the real teams this season actually would have taken place is number one, episode one, Bananas and Tyler versus Davis and Tyree. 100% happening, first elimination. The new kids are going in on the men's side. I think that would be cut and dry with this group of people, regardless of who was voting on what, who had the power, anything. Those two teams are going in, battling it out, knowing that all the other guys are kind of sitting around like, we have little friendships here and there. Also, we're all massive threats. Let's just go for the new guys. Let's all, you know, one time through. We can do that. Tyler and Bananas would win that in a close battle. Then they would also take out Jamie and James, who have no real friends or connections to lean on, end up in by default. And then shit would get wild on the guy's side. I think Wes and Darrell would really want CT gone. Theo would want Miz gone. Abram would want to play quote-unquote fair, but he'd be very aggressive in how he got across those comments about how fair he wanted to play. Votes would go to complete chaos, and who knows what exactly would kind of happen in the middle of the game, how it would exactly shake out. But I think in the end, the final would be run by, on the men's side, Alton and Theo, Miz and Abram, Darrell and Wes, after Dan Renzi hilariously sees how upset it will make CT if they lose the final elimination. Kind of just, you know, being over the whole thing, doesn't really want to be there anymore, isn't it loving how C's been treating him as, CT's been treating him as a partner, just decides more or less, throws the final elimination, they go home. Alton Theo, Ms. Abram, Darrell West into the final. On the women's side, the four teams in that alliance would have to figure out how to get from four to three. Two of them would have to go in that final elimination. And in the end, I think Veronica and Katie lose to Coral and Julie in the final elimination of the season in an epic all-timer. I mean, could you imagine Veronica and Katie, Coral and Julie, all the history, everything tied into all of that. Oh, it would just be, it would be the best. It would be the best thing ever, best elimination ever, potentially on paper and would be amazing. Coral and Julie would win to go to the final with Rachel and Emily and Tina and Beth who have been kept because their alliance secretly behind there. Beth talks about, you know, Beth's kind of the layup in the final here. Her and Tina, I don't think we have any problems. So that's how Rachel and Emily, the team no one wants to face in the elimination and Tina and Beth, the team everyone wants to kind of face secretly in the alliance in the final, end up skating by while the other two go into that epic clash. And they, those three teams end up in the final where Rachel and Emily would win going away for the women. I don't think it's particularly close. I think it would be a dominant win from Emily Bailey and Rachel Robinson. And on the men's side, I think Wes and Darrell would go into the final thinking this is an easy win. No one else has got the endurance experience that we have. This is endurance based now. We're going to smoke these these people, whatever. But little do they know, there's actually three separate, three uh, separate portions of the final that revolve around climbing just because producers want to watch Theo and Alton climb things together. 
and their endurance holds up, leading to a title for Alton and Theo, and a big move up the all-time best player standings for both of those two gentlemen. Really would vault their, their resumes a lot higher than the already high highs that they have reached both of those individually. So I think Rachel and Emily win on one side. Alton and Theo win narrowly over Wes and Darrell on the other side thanks to the reverse soccer kick happening for Wes. Instead of Wes getting the obvious thing he's way better at than his opponent, this time around it's Alton and Theo that just get a bunch of climbing for some random reason and suddenly they're winning the final. Teams that would fight like hell the entire season. Katie and Veronica, Tina and Beth, CT and Dan, Bananas and Tyler. I think those four teams would fight like hell the whole way through, leave just as big, if not bigger, rivals than they did came into the season as teams that would get along and kind of be the quote-unquote like nice storylines. Like, we can make nice. We can become friends. I think that's Rachel and Emily. I think they would have basically the Paula Evelyn uh, rivals one experience of like Emily being like, I disliked you because you represented this to me, but now we're teammates. Now we can kind of bring these two worlds together. I can learn you're not a bad person in any way. And it was unfair of me. And Rachel could be like, you're actually really great and wonderful and kick ass of this stuff. And now we just kick everyone's butt and walk away smiling. I think James and Jamie, because James would want to learn from Jamie. And even if they went home early, I think it would be a great experience for the both of them. And I think Alton and Theo, because it was kind of a one-off incident, big flare up as it was, but kind of a one-off. They're both chill and cool as hell people. I think they would be like, Hey, that sucked, but like you're not with her anymore. And you know, like we can get over this. We can have fun together. A few jokes would be made after like the third night of hanging out and being like, this is kind of fun. They would just run away and dominate it together. Romance that would happen. I think Coral would shut down Abram's attempts at rekindling, as would both Trishel and Kendall to Miz, because he definitely would try. I think Robin would hear that Tanya hooked up with Theo. So to back on previous season they did together. And so Theo or uh, Robin would then go to Theo and be like, we're going to hook up so I can get back at Tanya for the original reason I didn't like her in the first place. And then Tanya would hear about this afterwards and be like, yeah, it doesn't bother me one single bit. Uh, absolutely not. And Theo would be like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that you thought if that you thought that was going to bother her. Uh, it wasn't at all. So that would be fun. And then I also think there would be a share of suitors for Kara, she would be going around, uh, you know, all the guys would be going after her as one of the few single and younger women of the house, as well as Kina. I think their team just in general would maybe be able to get by on like, hmm, the guys are voting for us. Uh, and so like, if we flirt with some of the guys who are clearly trying to flirt with us, maybe we can get some votes. I don't know if Kina was still with Randy at this point or not, but I think those two could have used flirtation um, to their advantage, certainly in this particular cast. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen, rivals, OG edition. That's who I think would win. That's who I think would happen. Who would go home friends who would go home still bitter enemies. What do you think? Personally, I think this works a bit better than X's OG edition. Certainly. I kind of came out of X's OG edition being like, eh, maybe it wasn't, it wasn't time. They actually waited till the right time in place to do that with this one. I think it passes the test ultimately of yes, they should have done this earlier. Yes. I think it would have been great, but it does stand a reason that as much as we long for some of the true OG rivalries, they probably, they probably were right to wait it out until they had a really, really, really long list of people to pick from. 
considering the fact that the teens of the challenge was where a lot of a lot of dirty play occurred, a lot of punches were thrown, a lot of villains cropped up, a lot of drinks curse word thrown around, a lot of hearts broken in ridiculous manner. So yeah, the OGs were plenty messy, plenty messy. But the OGs also like kind of their messiness was like they were they could get over their messiness very easily and be like yeah. We got a little drunk last night. Someone said something stupid. Someone yelled. Someone did this or that. But, like, we're all having a great time here again. A hurricane's coming. We're going to have an amazing toga party. Haven't you heard? It's going to be great. So I think the OGs were messy, but things were yet to be at their messiest, certainly. So, yes, this passes the test. Rivals would have been great at this point. But them waiting ended up probably still ultimately being the right place to have done it season 21. I think it would be interesting to do this exercise and maybe push the season back between 14 and 21, maybe season 18 or 19. Like, if you think about it, Fresh Meat 2 was just rivals Kenny versus Wes. Like, it was just one. <laughs> they weren't partnered together, but it was 1v1. Like, that season was, you know, masterfully built around one particular rivalry that eventually would be, you know, rival partners on Rivals 1. So, around that point, you could definitely, basically most of the teams for season 21 would have been available by 18, 19. They could have done a season or two earlier. I don't know that maybe that gives them a chance to mix in some of these older teams a little bit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Either way, this exercise has been super fun. Thanks again one more time to Scott for the idea. And now everyone get prepared for our last in this three-part series. My favorite one to think about, even if it's it's the worst of the three themes, even though it's a great theme and the season just didn't work totally as well as it should, but Ryder dies. Because I think there were, as we've seen from X's and Rivals versions, a lot of the OGs, there was a lot of great friendships in there. There was a lot of camaraderie. There was a lot of getting over the messiness and enjoying the messiness. So I'm very excited to think about who the ride or die OG pairings would have been. That's going to be super fun to dive into. We will do so next Tuesday on the show a week from now. Until then. Be on the lookout Thursday for our USA 2 preview. Go to Instagram, YouTube, dare I say TikTok. Give us a follow. Challenge Historian anywhere and everywhere. You will find me under that handle. If you've got ideas for random topics like this, send them my way. Even though we're getting into a new season of the challenge, going to be recapping it, I do want to continue to do some other content like this. So send those ideas my way if you have a great one the way that Scott did and even if it just ends up being back and forth in the DMs, it's always fun time chatting challenge with you, any of you. I love doing it. It's my favorite thing about this show is then all the messages and then the back and forth, different opinions, different points of view on this wonderful, amazing, beautiful show that is The Challenge. So hit me up, hit the follow, hit the subscribe wherever you're listening, following, leave a five-star rating if you don't mind. Thank you, as always, for being here. I love and appreciate you. Until next time, peace.